Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Queer Quadrant, a podcast where we, two bisexual filmmakers, examine cinema in all its cultural context and explore why your favorite four-quadrant blockbuster is maybe not as straight as you think it is. Watching this movie was a little bit like being Drew Barrymore stepping outside in the rain. I felt like that was my sort of religious experience watching this. Having never seen this before, I was like, yes wash over me i'm smiling i'm laughing i'm full of life and joy do you know what i mean like i really feel like she embodied who she was in this movie and she also bodied the directing in this movie as well but jordan good opener oh thank you (laughs) it's not like i came up with that five milliseconds before it was shot to me it's really rare that i say that but i am good opener Wow. <laughs> Call it an app. That's it. We're done. Good job. We're out. The bar has been set. I actually, I have some, definitely some questions that I like was prepared to drop mm. in. So for director Drew Barrymore or from well, us? In, for us, mostly okay. director Drew Barrymore did nothing, has done nothing wrong. I, I was, I actually counterpoint. Mm? I will say she's done. Where's the sophomore? Where's the follow-up? Yeah, actually facts. Okay. Wait, before we get any further. Sure. I, we, we need to acknowledge who brought this movie That's to us true. today. Extremely yes, important. Hi, I'm Brooke Solomon. Jordan Gustafson. We love talking about cinema. We love talking about being queer. We love talking about queer cinema. And here we are talking about it on mic. Today, we are discussing the 2009 gem of a film, Whip It. And we were joined by writer on Our Flag Means Death, Nat Torres. Hello. Hi. Pleasure to be here. Talk about this Texas movie. Literally, so delighted I have to so many questions. have you as a native Texan. Native, yeah. Excellent choice. Um, <laughs> I, that was going to be like, I just need to know how accurate is its portrayal of Texas. I have only been to Austin and Texas or the Dallas airport. So that's all I have coming in. But I did recognize the Alamo. Like when they passed the Alamo in uh, Austin, I was like, oh, I've been there. And that was it. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay, interestingly, I don't know, I can never really tell how accurate Wikipedia is, but I read that it was mostly shot in Michigan, except what? for those, <laughs> except for those, like, parts in Austin where it's like, we're by the draft house, we're by right. this, like, Austin landmark, um, but I thought, but, like, even despite that, though, I didn't know that while I was watching, I guess it really just had, it had, like, that sort of Texas energy embodied in it that I... Okay sense definitely i'm i'm such a sucker for a small town movie as a small town gal myself mm. um i assume that bodine texas is not a real place it is not although apparently oh. based off of a town in between austin and houston doesn't count it's doesn't count. Not, Bodine's real. not real <laughs> but Bre- brenham texas which is apparently where the author screenwriter is from yeah I I did not know that this was this film was based on a young adult novel. Makes sense. Nor did I. Because it's there's so many details to this movie that mm. I feel like I was surprised like how committed the movie was to all mm. of these like little details and it definitely feels like something that was maybe carried over from a novel because it doesn't have to be like this textured, but I think it's obviously a much better movie. It was yeah. Textured. Yeah. yeah, I'm shocked I never read it either because I, I was such a perks of being a wallflower reader, like mm. literally at this age where I was watching this movie, and I'm surprised I didn't like 
read the book because I feel like it would have been something I would have really been into. Yeah. yeah no it is sort of like i feel like especially for this age too like 2009 is like right in the crux of that like middle school early high school kind yes. of time period where it was like consuming a lot of that perks of being wallflower ya adjacent content where it's also like a little older where you're like mm, i'm dealing with deeper themes but also mm-hmm. like also rent for like teenagers you yeah, know and like i'm all <laughs> right i'm like getting involved with this cool gr- group of people where i'm coming into myself like it just yeah it's a good Yes. A group of queer rollerbladers I was gonna coming say, into my own. <laughs> movies about or movies and like books and media in general about young women getting involved in like vaguely queer coded sports is yes. my favorite. One of my Those favorite genres. <laughs> yes, yes. Like this and Stick It, I feel like share so much lifeblood for mm-hmm. like the better. Mm-hmm. Like both great movies, but both what with like. It? <gasps> we'll stick it i'm we'll so sorry it. Should I oh, was this like a free oh, channel movie that no. i oh my god no stick it is like this but gymnastics and it starts oh. out with like a girl who is like a bmx She's biker a and is like yeah. hardcore like breaking the rules like biking through like decrepit homes and then she gets like arrested and she has to like go back to be a gymnast and like turn it around and face like her mother and like paternal father figure. It's so good. And uh, Jeff Bridges plays, I guess the equivalent of like the, um, what is uh, his name? Razor. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew Wilson. Andrew Wilson. <laughs> I'm shocked you didn't remember that. Cause I will say Brooke, you know who he looks like? My boyfriend. You're a lovely boyfriend. Evan. <laughs> Jeff Bridges. Wait, Jeff no, Bridges. No, 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 Andrew no, Wilson. No. Sorry. Um, the guy, maybe a young Razor Jeff Bridges though. This looks yeah. like, Brooks BS. Oh, was yeah. that is that like the like the like the like the indie boy? Who, no, who no, 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 not the piece of shit. The, the hot, coach, the, the coach. hot coach played by. Oh Andrew my Wilson. god! Wait, yeah, Wilson. Yeah, uh, I used to Wilson in my brain. I was like, there's a character named Wilson. Who was that? He's great in this. I really enjoyed him. He, I could not, I was like in this movie full of hot women. I can't believe I'm about to simp for Andrew <laughs> Wilson a little bit, but like he showed up in those, in that scene when he's in the crop top and the denim shorts, yeah, I was yeah. like. <laughs> okay. His energy, like, cause I, do you remember in Fantastic Mr. Fox where I think Owen Wilson plays like a similar coach character. And I was like, is this yeah. that Wilson? And then I was like, oh no, it's his brother. But they were, they're both bringing the same energy to a coach character here. Same energy. Yeah. <laughs> I did not realize he was part of the Wilson dynasty. Yeah. Um, but he I is. It's, it's like a, the secret Hemsworth sort of, you right. know, <laughs> right. where they pop up and you're like, oh, right. There's another one. Hotter than the other. I'm going to say Maybe that's I controversial, agree. but I think he's the, the hottest hot one. Wilson. I th- I think I like too. Owen has that like I can fix him sort of charm to him you and know I that very that... deeply relate because he's also so sad so I'm like I get you I was gonna but... say you know that that repels me <laughs> right. like, I need someone who's sturdy and already I fine. need someone who is better than me I like <laughs> um yes but I agree he was hot in this movie uh, I mean a movie full of hotties I was nervous though that he was gonna like because I had just watched also, this is really exposing me because I usually have seen most movies and Brooke has never seen a movie. So this is really embarrassing. But I'd never seen Juno before until this year. And I was coming into it thinking about Elliot Page also crushing in both roles, but how in Juno there's like that sort of like older jason bateman and i was like oh god is andrew about to be like a scummy right is he I was gonna worried. hit on them and he doesn't and it is so much better because of that 
So it was like a sigh of relief when a love interest was introduced because it was like, oh, we're not dealing with that, thank God. Because <laughs> he has kind of that vibe where you're like, is he going to like start to flirt with all the gals? He's you know? a little too nice that I was worried yeah. about his role in this movie. But... That's true. Yeah, and instead he's just kind of like bullied by, by a <laughs> yes. group of really hot uh, people. <laughs> that's, that's, For the better. You know, that's yeah. also a reason why I'm attracted to him. Yeah, obviously. honestly, I think he's like, he's like a tough guy who's ultimately, um, mm-hmm. yeah, taken over Dom. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly um, what I'm looking for. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, yes. I, this movie is so, like, wholesome and i think like could definitely be a movie with a little more of an edge because it it is pitched in that sort of like slightly edgy alt way where it's about breaking out of small town texas but roller derby in general is like the most hardcore fucking thing dude it's awesome it's it's funny because i remember when i saw this movie when i was again in eighth grade with like my pash sort of best friend Mm -hmm. um and i remember when I saw it, I think it was, I think I was already a little bit too cool for this, like, aesthetic, because I, I, I think it was, like, really playing to exact, because I was, like, an alt, you know, cool, quote-unquote, girl in, mm. like, Texas who who did live going to Austin when I could, and I, th- and I think I maybe felt a little bit pandered to in that way, it, it, but, which, it's funny to go back on, and I'm like, oh, wow, actually, this is a really cool movie, and I'm, I'm a little bit angry I didn't make it more of my, like, identity <laughs> when I was that age, because it's, like, so close to what I was like I remember that zebra shirt that that bliss wears I wanted that shirt like the colored tights and sort of like the late Mm. aughts indie of it all really brought me back to like that era of Austin like especially yeah it's such it's such like a a 2009 movie Mm. is it 2009 the best year of music good year cinema very good first body we're all hitting at the same time and let me see because i do think that this and stick it share a lot stick Stick it it is 2006 2006. and then i also put a bend it like beckham in like that category which is 2002 so it's like i think there is like a really like good legacy there i also cannot believe that i never saw this movie it seems like exactly the kind of movie i i should have seen because again it's very wholesome like it's a very it's a very sweet this would be considered like appropriate for me to watch when i was a kid but this was the first time i had seen it for this episode what did you think it's great (laughs) it's a good movie i think like before the end of the episode i'll give maybe i'll give us all some some time to consider it but Mm. like i need to know what everyone's roller derby name is Mm. because to me this is on par with like drag names in terms of puns in terms of power in terms of like gun too like you badassery exactly we talked Mm -hmm. about our call signs when we did the top gun episode like i need to know um i do have mine prepared Uh uh-huh what are (laughs) i mean that's great of course (laughs) i wish you didn't because you were like okay and i don't so what am i what are you well it took me i was the the second that they started shouting that because i did not i do not know much about roller derby i I still don't which is shocking because again like i grew up an hour away from where the six place and i don't know why i never went to like a roller derby show like even watching us I, I think when i walked out of the theater when i was 14 i was like i should go to one of those and then i never did it you still sick. have time i want to go but like i think that my only knowledge about this about that roller derby is this movie and that yes. one scene in uh birds of prey where mm. barracuda is playing like that because they're on okay it's a roller derby. another question on a question do we prefer skates or blades well, this has to be the four skates. chunky skates. skates. Yeah. Yes. But our guy uses blades. 
Oh. I didn't even catch that. This is I, like because my mom was a big blader, and so I did some blading. I, I did some blading did back some in the blading day. Blading back in the day. It's funny because I feel like blades are very kind of like early mid two thousands, and skates and are off. having a comeback. Oh, right? for sure. They've definitely yeah. been in their comeback phase. It, yeah. Blades also to me feel more adjacent to like ice skating, and maybe mm. are you both from cool climates? Because I'm. Yeah. I think yeah, in Texas, like New ice, ice skating is not a thing. So. Oh really? It was always like a rule. I mean, it is, but it's like you go there when it's hot during the yeah i agree i want to say that i'm a, I'm a skate i also think that like i don't know there's sort of like what is exciting about roller derby i think needs the dexterity of the skate because it's mm. not just about speed it's about like Force. Yeah, you know, it's like agile which yeah. i mean everyone is in this <laughs> and you have to do tricks and stuff so mm-hmm. anyway but i i sorry yes. i truly like was so impressed by the level of detail and like mm, the level of the pun to like the names not just the actual like skate blader blader names no skater names but also skater boys the, skater girls um like the team names like mm. the fact that there's the holy rollers and they're all catholic school girls like the flight attendants are literally flight attendants the hurl scouts it took me the... like an hour in to be like they're in girl scout <laughs> oh, uniforms <I> <laughs> obviously anyway um i was just very it's impressed really the good. pop culture references everything smashley simpson. Mash- smashley simpson was the one that i was like yeah. wow that's really 2009 but also really great a great pub it's yeah. so good and they got some classics in there like Mayhem, for example um what's the bloody holly incredible it's a good one yeah. iron maven is a classic mm-hmm. okay so that's really what excellent are, okay what are so you yeah i would like to announce after literally 45 minutes Dun- of trying to figure this out last night my um roller derby name would be gnarly xcx oh oh that's so good that's very like of the now too like you couldn't have that you know what i mean like wow that's really that's really good i don't think i could think of that actually (laughs) if i if i were to think like contemplate this in the back of my mind for 45 minutes i don't think i would have anything so it was it was stressful i'm up i'm actually mad at you because I know You're how taking much you my love identity Charlie. as a Charlie yeah. stand. Like I feel attacked. Um, hmm. Fuck. I know. It's listen. What's food like for a... thought. We we can come back to it. We can come back to it at a later date. Give me like a direction. Give me like a like, well. What, what do we, we were trying to figure this out because I feel like you can go cinematic. You can mm-hmm. go kind of like classic old school Hollywood. Like um, let's see. Oh, Judy how Garland, about Choo Choo? How about Jimmy Skewart? Like you want to skewer someone, uh, and you love bad. Jimmy Stewart. That's not bad. That's good. Yeah, I was trying to think. It's just the pun. No, why not? Ray went to like Max, like the character from Ru- Ru- Rushmore, which is like not a name. <laughs> no, I was trying to think of like a gnarly thing to put into that name. That's that. Like, anyway. I feel like that's adjacent though, because Texas as well. Texas. You know, yeah. and you can pick like iconic properties. Like they two two very background skaters in this are Jabba the Slut, incredible, oh, and Princess too. Leia, which Princess is amazing. Princess Leia is the one. Yeah, Princess Leia was great. Yeah, yeah. that's a really good one. Yeah. This uh, is so hard. Uh, Eve, one of the actresses in this movie, um, plays a character named Rosa Rosa Sparks, which I think mm-hmm. is really funny. It's it's great. I'm like really sitting so, here dumbfounded. So, uh, Kiltania? Okay, no. All right. I'm gonna it's go. in. Gonna it's good. Up. It's fine. I have made worst puns yeah jordan is uh I mean, absolutely actually, should the king be of in my wheelhouse puns. but because right. i think there's the pressure of it you didn't like I'm... mine you didn't like no. my idea no that's a great uh, one i think fine. yours is definitely the best <laughs> no, no it's good it's good <laughs> well, you. yours is the best best i'm trying to think of like mm, 
I like food things or right. like I had that lobster was, rock and roll was the one I think you... lobster rock and roll is not bad Jordan was and considering like, that off a, mic and everyone is like dressed in very New England mm, that's not as fun though. no but that's that's your name that's not the team name true true yeah. okay you're from Boston right so I was trying to think of like Jaws adjacent names mm, something <laughs> like red saucy Boston Red Sox yeah clam chowder tea party something bad all of them would just be like george yeah paul revere <laughs> ding ding paul revere is not a know. bad paul one revere could be up paul. anyway i feel like we're like live in a writer's room right paul now just Rev like revere. <laughs> yeah that's pretty good actually one if by land two if by blade all right that's okay. good one we've uh, got it on. all of us have on. one god a mess okay Excellent. To pull it back because this movie full of women, because all of them are amazing. I think I, the, I just have to get it out of my head just because it's like sticking there. Jimmy Fallon is so insane in this movie. Okay. It is shocking. Also, I was looking this up. This is like pre-late night. Just yes. nuts right. to me because I'm like, oh, wow. Was this like the last time he was like cool? And I think he, it might have been. because like, This was the year he, I think he took over for Conan on mm-hmm. late night, which is crazy. This is when he was still like an acting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he has Fever Pitch, of course. Of a course. movie I fucking classic. hate. Uh, has, I also think it's a classic. He has Taxi with, with, with Queen Drew Latifah. Barrymore Taxi is, in yeah. Fever Pitch. Oh my God. Which oh, is, that's why he's cast in this. I assume is why he's in this. I didn't even catch that. Oh, I, yeah. I, I like. Fuck. Wow, I'm so dumb. <laughs> Because I was like, that is such random casting. Yeah. But it's like, I think like this, this is an incredible cast, but between kind of like, I feel like you can feel the Drew Barry more personal calls with yes. like Kristen Wiig and um, I mean, Juliette Lewis knocked this role the fuck out oh of the park as Body. she always does. Body. But like, I love that Zoe Bell is in here, but Jimmy Fallon is definitely the one where I was like, okay. Call a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Phone a that friend. one felt like we have to sell this guys. Like yeah. who is going to, and it's Jimmy Fallon, you know, yes. <laughs> and like fair. Yeah, I appreciate though that he's playing like an actual character. Like he kind of sucks. Nobody wants to no have sex to with to him. him. Yeah. He his sign at the end where he's like, "I am STD free." Call I know me. That, I love that. That that was like such an interesting like like an added part of a joke for that character because I feel yeah. like he could have just he could have been just like really really one notey, but I feel like those little like adds to his character were. Yeah. yeah the scene where he is kind of trying to insert himself into a potential threesome in the hot tub and the two women are like dude go no. away nobody wants this even our grader i think that's like the only explicitly like queer mm-hmm. thing yeah. too in the in the in the movie which i thought was really interesting Derby having such a history being such a queer sport and it, but, but i mean it makes sense because it's like and it's like a a pretty broad movie for to be seen by all, all kinds of people yeah what's interesting is that i think that like this is one of the queerest non-explicitly queer films that i've seen maybe like ever just in terms of like there's nothing that is necessarily alluding to the fact that there's subtext going on that like where drew barrymore is like t- you know telepathically trying to get across but like I think this movie is so queer, like truly. I think 
because she's probably bi and she's coming at it with a queer sensibility and mm-hmm. you know director drew barrymore is like mm, i have some thoughts and she's just like inserting it and just like lives in the world and i think it's sort of that interesting thing we've talked about where it's like honestly like joel schumacher was the first one who came to mind where like no matter what he does the man is so fucking flamboyantly gay that he can't help himself and we love him for that <laughs> married to a woman though am i blocking out Did no I no man bragged about like fucking a thousand plus people yeah he was like <laughs> as gay as gay can be which yeah. rules uh-huh. and died on a high oh my god we wait assume. i'm thinking of I was thinking of Baz Luhrmann, guys. I'm oh, sorry. yeah. I mean, also very... I mean, okay. Mm, Baz, Baz Luhrmann, the gayest straight man that. that has ever <laughs> existed. <laughs> that that was honestly when I looked at recently, and I was like, this, my brain... Doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. This isn't no, no. Yeah. You're like, how are you not a flamboyant? Don't you remember, though, yes. That, okay, a different person, but yeah. I very much feel you on that one, though. But no, but I totally agree. I actually have a, a definitive ranked list of, in my opinion, the five queerest things in this movie. And oh I would like God. to say... Prepared I really episode. liked Holy this movie. Shit. I have a lot of notes as well. Okay, amazing. I have none. Hit em. What's happening? Um, Listen, this movie really spoke to me. I think that, honestly, like, number five is the hot tub moment, which is explicitly gay yes um number four drew barrymore's rainbow Mm. uh knee-high socks wow i didn't even see that that was one i was just like this is 2009 this is kind of like in that era of like legalized gay you know right give us the rainbow socks the like random sauce pizza and rainbows sort of uh you know such a random such an unfortunately good call (laughs) like honestly um number Mm, let's see number three saying that amelia Earhart is mm. the person you would most want to have dinner with i like that but- every pageant scene really with <laughs> uh good. elliot page to me was just like i mean anytime any, sorry i'll let you continue i didn't mean oh no no no, no 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 pop off because agree. retweet <laughs> yes oh my god i i want to talk about it in a second but that's such such a clear answer um number two the jolene needle drop and mm. um elliot page and leah shockett waltzing around a little diner, adorable. Mrs. And num- Freckles herself. <laughs> yes. Oh, the best. And number one, making a film that's subtextually about coming out mm. uh, in a small town and like embracing your queer community, starring a trans actor. Yeah. I mean, yes. iconic. <laughs> like, Can you, you like, can't top it. The like metaphor of like moving to Austin at the end of like a Texas like teen movie to me is basically just like, I'm. Um, I'm gay. Like it's like it's. Mm. Almost, it feels like a metaphor for always like coming out in a way is being like I'm gonna. If like bolt, bolt boyhood obviously does that too. At the end of that movie, he's like, I'm gonna go to school in Austin. I feel like Austin for Texans is like such a like. If you're like even like a little bit alt growing up here, it's like you have like Austin is the city where everyone's like you should go there. Have you mm. been to Austin? You should go to Austin. That's actually, I, I think that's a really interesting comparison to make because the like lead actor from Boyhood is also this. non-binary. And I think like has, I don't know. It's like recently, I feel like that, that movie has been kind of back in the internet circles for that reason. And talking about mm-hmm. like, how does like, you know, the behind the scenes cinematic idea of having like your entire childhood on screen, like affect Scripted. Yeah. how you feel about like, you know coming of age and gender I didn't sexuality. even know that about that actor that's amazing that's really like that makes me want to go back and watch it I just yeah. rewatched it last year and it's like so fascinating because it's so clear I mean so much of it's scripted and it's just like the script going along with it but then obviously because it's tracking this actor's life you're 
reading onto it that it's actually like the real story, but because it's such a clear form of masculinity that they're trying to track onto it specifically because Ethan Hawke's character is kind of like this rowdy guy that becomes sort of like socially liberal, fiscally conservative kind of by the end and how like that masculinity and like the divorce then fuels this kid who wants to be like more artsy and then how that then impacts them at the end as you said then going to austin and then actually coming it's just such a nice like smorgasbord of like things happening and unintentionally or intentionally i don't know there's so much in that movie i think it's like actually working on a really good level should we add it to the list but i (laughs) fuck it let's do it and we've done worse i've always loved boyhood and i think i mean so good yeah yeah i mean that's super interesting yeah um yeah and i just there there are so many small town Mm. kid doesn't fit in movies and i think that it's rare that they come with like a sense of specificity and clarity in the way that to me like i was really feeling from whip it like it's not just about becoming who you are um i think it again it's like really specific and entrenched in this this very queer sport that also is like so non-traditional and obviously like pitched uh against the beauty pageants i think that like is what's so interesting about it too like with elliot page it's like so much of breaking out of like the gender binaries that they are like trapped within specifically Mm -hmm, like in real life but then also in the movie it's like completely like getting outside of like her mom's like constricted idea of like what they should be yeah yeah and i think that like the character of of bliss is I don't know. Again, there's just like, there's a little extra something. And I think it's because, I don't know, you have, uh, this is a film with like a lot of intention behind the camera. It really feels like Drew Barrymore was doing a lot. Also, I don't know how we feel about this, for, but for clarity, I was going to talk about the character of Bliss, like with she, her pronouns, and we're talking about Elliot's performance with totally pronouns. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Because I think it's like very, it, the film is very interesting as like a, like, a teenage girl breaking out of traditionally like feminine beauty conventions um, to do this stuff. And also that it's queer, but then obviously like, yeah. um, Like you said, socially there's a whole other element to it. And I think that this is like a super like trans specific film as well. Past and hopefully future guest of the pod, Drew Gregory has this amazing auto straddle piece. She did ranking like every Elliot page film by transness and whip it is, I believe number one on the list for uh, a whole host of reasons. Um, And so I thought that like, that was really interesting too. Cause I, I think that I don't know that this film would have been evaluated in like such a, a detailed way. Um, um, if like Elliot had not come out. So again, there's a lot going on below the surface. I'll definitely read that. I mean, yeah. Elliot Page, I was also someone who watched Juno when it came out. And I, it was a movie that I remember like seeing all the previews for when I was like truly 12, like 11, mm. 12 years old. And I was like begging every adult to take me to see Juno. And I feel like the character of Juno really was like, I was obsessed with that movie in middle school. And which is, this is going to sound really, I mean, like, like not like not that uh big but I like never I never wore my hair down when I was like a little kid I always sit up in a, in a ponytail and I remember seeing Juno being like oh my god there's a character who like has my head felt, felt like has my like feel like in terms of how I dress and everything and then I remember when I went to see Juno with my aunt my aunt was like you kind of reminded me of <laughs> the character <laughs> and it's just like I, I don't know I feel like I but when I was a tween I was obsessed with Elliot Page and I think like it's not that shocking that like as a MD as like a non-binary person it's like it's like all, all of this sort of stuff clicked when 
as Ang Elliot came out. And then that's what's so interesting too to kind of rewatch, especially these two movies that I feel like I was watching at that formative age with that trans mm. lens. Um, just even like, I mean, this is like, this is a, I feel like even with this movie too, there's kind of that thing of like, there's the dad character who, um, the Elliot Page character is a little bit closer to than like the mom character. And like, yeah. there's that a great line where, um, God, I'm forgetting who's the actor who plays the dad. <laughs> great question. He's amazing in this. Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern, Daniel yeah. Stern. He's great. He has that line where he's like, I like smart girls when Bliss tells him that like uh, she's going to go take SAT classes. And like in Mirrored, there was like a similar thing, like this look from her where it was like, yeah. what does a girl mean? And it, it made me think of that. I Like I've re- I rewatched Jin Juno recently. There's a great line in Juno where it's like, I thought you were the kind of girl who knew when to say what and Juno yeah. says you know like I, I don't know what kind of girl I am and I was like literally teared up both times when I watched this part in this movie and then that part in that movie and it's just like there's a beautiful kind of I feel like the, the, this movie and Juno actually have a lot of great kind of bookend or kind of similar themes going through through them in terms of trans narratives and um yeah anyway yeah. I think a beautiful part of this, very queer part of this movie yeah very much so i totally agree and i think that like that's a great call to link those two together because they're they're both movies that are very much about like wanting to find yourself as an individual when people are trying to tell you who you are as like part of a gender basically mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. in that like it's not just about kind of like the conventions of of femininity but about like individualism which again like plenty of coming of coming of age teen girl movies are about but like not to this degree mm-hmm. um yeah it's also such a full body performance like bodied like in a sense like i think there's so much that Elliot page gives to this like i mean it's such a good character and there's so much like depth and nuance to it like i didn't think that it would get as emotional as it does at the end and like i you know so many of these movies sort of follow similar beats where it's like oh okay the parent finds out and then there's these like t- 10 minutes where like, oh my God, my best friend hates me. But like, I actually found myself falling for it. And like, you do find like the believability of it. And I really loved when like at the end, she's trying to throw out the trash can and oh, Pash comes over yeah, and yeah. she's just like, oh my God, let me help you. And like the little push like got yeah. me so much because it was just such a nice, small, tender thing to do to like a friend. And like, even though you'd been fighting and then immediately after going and just sobbing about like what's been going on in your life, it's just really gets to you <laughs> yeah. yeah and his, his performance in this is so interesting too because I feel like he was he was always playing like kind of like precocious characters and I feel like in this movie he plays it more like naive at first and you really kind of see mm-hmm. that character like go from naive to like I think maybe the more precocious sort of performance that like we were used to him playing at that time and totally. it was just was interesting like it if like it gave it a different flair yeah, it's yeah. it's very very sweet. It's not mm-hmm. cynical as a movie. I and I was not expecting to kind of like be so enamored with the me and my family can all be friends like we understand each other's differences. But when they yeah. showed up at the roller derby, I was like, "Wait, this is so cute." And the and maybe and like school of rock. Weirdly, yes. like, school of rock when yes. all the parents come and there's the one dad that's like, "Is my dad?" And then and, you know, and then he's won over. And then right. Same with the mom in this movie. 
Yes. Good, isn't that Texas too, right? That's <laughs> also Texas. Yeah, yeah that's a later. Yeah, I'm like, wait, hold up. Hold up, Texas cinema. Um, I think that the, the scene of Marsha Gay Harden reading mm. like the letter that oh. Bliss leaves her like after the beauty pageant is so touching. And again, yeah. you're like, I can't believe this is getting to me right now, but the movie is just so like sweet and big hearted. And I think like, Drew Barrymore having one of the best renaissances of all time currently. Really? Um, and I think like being able to see Drew Barrymore be so like vocal about kind of like who she is as like a person and as a producer and like everything with her talk show, it makes so much sense that this is the type of movie that she wanted to make. Yeah. Um, like it's so, it's so like open hearted. It is a movie healing your inner child yes in a way when the dad it's like that scene is because the dad is like oh my god it's four dollars just for one like incredible incredible because they're still there but like really i'm gonna fucking have to pay four dollars for this and a t-shirt like yeah they tell doing. people who whenever they go to austin here they're like oh it's so expensive in austin <laughs> it's just like it was like that echoing of that feeling it's amazing yeah yeah the uh sort of like the dichotomy between the fact that you can be from a very very small town and get to a big city mm. um is interesting and I don't think 100% works for like every area of the country but it does for this with well, Austin yeah. um, and it obviously it like works with kind of like Austin I feel like looks extra all when put next to small town Texas. Yeah I was gonna say too because I mean Boston I was like j- just to make that comparison like it does it feel alt to you or like when you grow up outside of Boston or does it just feel like that's where the big city it's no. like <laughs> no, I feel like going to Boston. Like, oh, I'm just going to Boston. It's yeah. like normal. It's like, it's like the same, but bigger, and they have tall buildings. You know what I mean? Everyone's the same. Everyone's an asshole. It's just <laughs> what different flavor of asshole are you getting? And I feel like the historical aspect to Boston is what you most associate with the city growing right. up. When that's like the closest thing to you, it's like, oh, that's where you go to like learn about the Freedom Trail right. and stuff. Right. To me, like we're as you, Hall. as like film kids growing up in small towns, people would always be like, oh, New York. Like that's yeah. where. That's, that is LA. the Austin to my... Got it. Okay, that uh, makes sense. That makes everyone sense. is always like, oh, you're going to move to Los Angeles in Hollywood? And it's like, and here Holly we are. weird, more like. Yeah. Holly, Holly weird. I still get... I don't I don't know if, if either of you get this, but still when I go home and I interact with people who are not like my immediate family, who are kind of like people my parents know, they're like, wow, Hollywood. That's crazy. And I always forget that I have to do like the 30 seconds of being like, okay, like here's like the skinny. <laughs> Can we talk about, I don't know how your tomato plants are doing or some, anything else, please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How's your roller derby going? <laughs> <laughs> Been getting into new hobbies lately. Mm-hmm. Um, roller derby perhaps. It is a good hobby. It's a really cool hobby, bro. It's really cool. It kind of makes me wanted to buy a pair of roller skates. Cause there's a lot of roller skaters in LA. There's- yeah. It's such a thing right now. I'm surprised to like, I haven't done it yet because I feel like it's such a, I literally went once to like a friend's birthday and I was like the only time and I'm like, I should pick this up because I have roller skaters go by my apartment like every day and I'm like, oh, there go the bladers. Jordan's also a crazy person. He like runs every morning at 6 a.m. So you could you could start alternating your Mm. runs and your blades. You know what I mean? Very cool. Very cool. I'm a little afraid because if I was going to describe myself, I don't think coordinated would be like super high up the list. It wouldn't be super low, but I don't know if I'm willing to take that chance. Yeah. 
at my age. I feel that. I'm not, I remember I tried to skateboard like in college and I was like, this is actually too scary. <laughs> Can't do it. And I think the same would happen if I were to buy some skates. Yeah. It's a pretty baller uh, thing to pick up though in college. I very much respect that. I would die. Tried to, I tried, didn't do it, but tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to bring up, cause we're like circling performances and stuff. I feel like Kristen Wiig, cause I just watched Adventureland and oh, yeah. I was thinking about her career at large and it's so fascinating because i feel like in on snl she's very loud and like all of her comedic performances are so like flashy and like about you know like how can i like wrangle the bit you know what i mean it's so over Mm -hmm. the top and so many of her film performances are like this where it's like very quiet and like distilled like this skeleton twins Adventureland's a little heightened. Diary but, of a Teenage Girl, one of like right. the best performances. Even ever. Bridesmaid, she's like kind of the straight woman in chaos. Like for Melissa, Mac- like Melissa McCarthy is like what her character would have been on SNL. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I feel like the one where she's the most Kristen Wiig on SNL is like Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, which is a perfect movie, mind you. But do you know what I mean? Like for this movie, I was not expecting, like she pops up. I'm like, oh, cool. Here's the like funny one. And instead Drew Barrymore is like the crazy one. The ditzy. Quirky. Right. Yeah. yeah. Quirky. Always trying to get in fights and falling right. over her skates. And it's like beating her boyfriend up or whatever. Right. And for some reason, like really doesn't, why well, I me? Mean, nobody wants to listen to the coach, but she's, she just gets she's in like, fights Fuck instead. You. Yeah. Um, but you yeah. know what I mean? It's like such a quiet kind of nice but like her relationship with her son is really tender i really thought it was adorable and how like she kind of guides ruthless, to, ruthless. yeah Bliss. to her <laughs> you know arc yeah. Yeah. yeah i wanted more of her honestly and it made yeah. me i think it felt like this was uh, sometimes like there was it was a little bit weirdly edited at, at points and i think maybe just because there probably was more shots that didn't end up in the final cut but um yeah. I was, yeah, I was wondering, I was wanting more of her character in general. And like, like I wanted to see how it was when Bliss lived with her in that time period when she was having to fight with her family. No, same. Same. Because it happened so quick. You're like, oh, wait. Mm-hmm. What? It's you're there together? and you're out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's kind of a long movie already. It's an yeah. hour and 50 minutes. Um, If I had my way, we would get rid of that whole stupid musical boyfriend plot and replace it with more <laughs> roller so derby. You know, He's I never... God. <laughs> yeah, even when I, I even had a memory, like uh, the, the pool scene was one of the few scenes I had a memory of from when I first saw it. Um, mm. And and even when I was 14, I was like, he's not that cute, which is funny because no. like, he, he's literally the archetype I was absolutely obsessed in love with when I was in eighth grade. <laughs> so I was kind of shocked when I rewatched Eve and I was like, ah, oh, he's not that cute. And even when I was 14, I was like, they could have gotten someone cuter. That's this guy. If that's happening, you're like, oh no, that's not good. The target demo is not hitting. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> For this, like, yeah, very, um, you know, I'll say twink-esque boy yeah. um, yes. in an indie band in yeah, Austin. Exactly. Yes. He's um, not cute, though. RT. Kind of low-key makes sense, though, when you think about, like, the reading of this film in Drew's excellent Autostraddle article. I'll link it. But she's talking about this, and um, she was like, Elliot's character falls for a femi douchebag rock star, and if that's not closeted gay trans mask energy, I don't know what is. At what point they even swap clothes? And which I'll I feel- say as a, like, 
bisexual whatever envy person i was also like well i also totally get this as like a grandpa right person to yeah. be in love with like you know a skinny like twink-esque boy who's in an indie band <laughs> he's doing gender things well, he's doing gender things right yeah he's yeah by himself which you know ultimately mm-hmm. i understand from the bliss perspective <laughs> There's nothing hotter. Yeah. Let me just say. Yeah. That that pool scene, I I, I was surprised how I get. Well, it's not like super sexy, but I was surprised how sex implied. I guess yeah. it was. I sex was forward. totally like not expecting that. It's kind of Jennifer's body e too. Both in 2009, yeah. both have integral pools. pool scenes. Pools. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I do. I was like, if I was watching this when I was 13 or 14, I probably would have been swooning a little bit because it is kind of like, well, it's. It, it's that's probably why I had a memory of it. Like yeah. that's absolutely why I had. To, that's the only okay. scene I had a memory of because I was like, I definitely watched him. It's like, oh wait, they're getting naked slowly in a pool. In a pool, like this is interesting. I haven't seen this before. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh how what is this? Well, it's just a, there's an extra like little layer yeah, yeah. of pizzazz to it. The dark if you thing will. is that when I was in middle school, I had a crush on Michael Sarah <laughs> simply because of the overlapping movies he was in with Elliot Page, and it's just like it's so funny to me that in in eighth grade I was like, this guy not cute. My you do like the crossover translucent image and the faces line up so weird <laughs> the, like face match thing where yeah. they morph into each other That's i love michael Sarah though insane that that like the pool scene rain for you the scene where i was the most like okay i'm buying into this is the fucking when they're like running in the field or whatever i'm like oh, oh they have, yes. they have good chemistry in that scene more than the pool i yes. will say i think elliot yes. page like the number one actor i think they he has a crush on or he has his chemistry with is Juliet Lewis. I was like, oh my the, god, the, yeah. The sexual tension between Elliot Page and Juliet Lewis in this movie. I uh-huh. was like, when uh, she puts him in a locker, yeah, I was like, yeah. this is put me in a locker. I lit. I wrote that down. I was like, Juliet Lewis, please put me in a locker. <laughs> She's scary. She's straight up scary. She is so scary. <laughs> yes, I would like women to scare me. I love it though because again, it's like at moments where this film could kind of get a little like, okay, we get it enough. Like it goes for the the sweet option. I am obsessed with the food fight scene. Oh where my god! Ju- yes, like it is. It is sort of this kind of like battle of wills at first between Juliet. Lewis and Elliot Page and then like when it devolves into kind of more of like a we're all friends because we're all joined by the roller derby community I was like that's so nice and I think it makes Juliet Lewis I don't want to say sympathetic is not the word I would use but more of like a yeah we love understanding yeah Yeah, she's definitely not like a, like a villain at all. I feel like Not I really. that we're in uh, a line also I wanted to point out for queerness sake was at the very end when Juliet Lewis is like, thanks, or no, this is from Elliot Page from Bliss is like, thanks a lot for outing me. That that uh, was a class move and then whatever. But Juliet Lewis character is like, I didn't out you. Like, so I just had to, to fuck with you basically. Yeah. It was really gorgeous because I couldn't, I don't think Elliot Page was out even as like gay at this time period right and i mean i think i think i think he was still closeted so i think all of that added subtext to it too was just fairly interesting to see yeah this year it wasn't until 2014 like much later that he was like publicly out but obviously there's like a lot of kind of like i don't know issues about him being outed like earlier uh, sort of like privately like within hollywood stuff like that um so yeah and i i think that like i don't know there's certainly a run of films around this time like going from Juno that have 
had the sort of like query they're like claiming or reclamation obviously like makes perfect sense that line i was going to say too made me think of i remember reading i was a tween who would go on PerezHilton.com, oh, which yeah. is really i don't know why i would do that to myself but i would always go on that website and i remember because i was just an elliot page fan i would like drop down to like the the tags anything anything that he was tagged in and i remember Perez Hilton. i think outed him basically because i think he was in some kind of sketch that like read kind of queer on snl and he was like this is elliot cage coming out blah blah blah, blah. and i yeah anyway i just that was just like a thing that made me think of from that time no, it's well, such an important time period because i feel like perez hilton did that for so many people oh God, and it's like yeah. cr- it's that era of the internet where like people were getting outed left and right and people were eating it up and like it was such a part of our culture that like was acceptable but like looking back obviously, obviously in retrospect terrible. is like so fucked which yeah. is so upsetting because like it never it did it took away obviously like yeah. people's autonomy Perez hilton of all people right. like right. Ugh. weirdly though um jordan actually gets all the credit for this research but oh. like uh whip it was oh. one of the only movies where when it came out people were like this should have been gayer that never happens. Wow, that um, is cool. Yeah. And I think, like, in part because there was this, um, mm-hmm. is it a Marie Claire cover? Yes. That featured Drew Barrymore and Elliot Page, like, full-on, like, lip-locked kissing. But people were like, oh, my God, this film means something. Like, oh, right. what's going on? I just think it's so funny that I don't know, like, kind of the backstory of how that cover photo, like, happened <laughs> or what it was, like, meant to be for promoting, like, Whip It specifically. But, like the character of bliss is a high schooler like there's right. there there's no 17 specifically yeah, yeah like there's and i like that there's really no romance between that character and any of the like clearly like in their like, late wait, 20s well, early yeah, the women in their 30s it seems like okay wait yeah. this is amazing i was just i needed to cross check drew barrymore said that uh she considered herself bisexual in 2003 mm-hmm. that's awesome so long ago so hardcore i think we talked about it on the charlie's angels episode where we were like producer drew barrymore for this movie (laughs) bisexual legend producer producer director (laughs) i had no idea that she was and and she hasn't stepped back at that at all no wow that's like like a queer directed like big budget movie that's really Mm -hmm. sick yeah Mm -hmm. i think the fact that you have drew barrymore elliot page and Aaliyah shockett who is also queer like all together chemistry as well with elliot page the, shot at, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, like they are a little flirty, flirty. Really, like <laughs> excellent chemistry. So much so that I was like, oh, I can't believe this isn't like gay. They right. even do the like, you get paired Y'all up with a guy, and, and you get <laughs> paired up Come with on. a guy. The, like Barbie scene where like the like bully is like, mm-hmm. y'all are gay. School, and I'm like, I really that I related to that as well as someone who was constantly called a dyke in school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is uh, another good like little detail, I think, from the movie, kind of similar to that uh, thanks a lot for outing me line, mm-hmm. where you're like, this is just kind of like something that, because similar to the thanks for outing me line, it doesn't really like have a ton of bearing on the plot. Like yeah. that's just kind of like a moment. Um, and I, I kind of like that more, that it doesn't have to be like this whole big thing. Like, yeah, we're mm-hmm. close female friends. Of course, the school thinks we're gay what's well, like a, a film of moments i feel like there's that one same sex kiss that happens at one point and it's just sort of like you see it and that's it and it just like it's kind of like those things even like the jimmy fallon thing where he goes to like insert himself into like a queer relationship and they're like and no the are like, but it's like so yeah. tertiary and nothing feels like it's like spot 
split, you know, where it's like gay or anything like that. It's just like, oh, we're all just kind of vibing. Like we're just having some roller derby fun. Like it's in the world. Yeah. I mean, even that like hot tub scene, I felt like could have been so easy for the, for them to cut for, to appeal to more people or something. But I think yeah. like, um, it was cool that they added it, I think, because I think roller derby is very queer. Right? It's it's nice that they didn't totally wash that out from the movie all, all together. Yeah. yeah. Women's sports in general, I think, are like so interesting to me. Having a couple of like very close queer female friends who are really invested in like women's sports and kind of like yeah. the queer conversation around women's sports where like what I've heard from them across the board is they're like, I love how gay in general women's sports are but it can be frustrating sometimes because like a lot of extra assumptions are made about like a lot of the players and it becomes Mm. like uh, this kind of like thing that you know like women's sports needs anything to take away from like the actual quality of the players to begin with like it just becomes like this extra thing but it's also very true it's like a stereotype that is potentially harmful but also like really accurate a lot of the time um and I think like how that gets interpreted cinematically in these these kinds of sports movies is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Bend it like Beckham is probably like the most obvious example where it's like, just because I play soccer doesn't mean I'm gay. Okay, but like, but like what if though? <laughs> but like what if he um, does? <laughs> yeah. So uh and that's super interesting. And I I really like cor- sort of the casual way that Whip It looks at that and that like they feel like uh you know the team feels like a girl gang in the best possible way and there's like an air of inclusivity i love that there's like not too many men in this movie to you know that are pitched romantically um that it's not like okay we got to make sure we like pair up everybody right it's focus on like female dynamics as older women too like as adult women not just like teenage girls need to stick together like it's this era of like you can have a really close like you know very fulfilling female friend group as as an adult yeah i mean i even love what it's saying about like honestly like juliette lewis's character where she didn't find something that she was good at or like her passion and like a hobby that like she could like express herself in until she was older in life and like how that jealousy then like fuels into her relationship with Elliot Page. Like, I think that's such an interesting thing to actually like look at because I don't know, as I get older and stress out about life as I fucking always do, it is like thinking about those things of like, oh God, cousin, you know, high school used to like, if you did sports or whatever, then figuring out like, friendships in adulthood and like how do you make those or like where do you look for to like have your free time you know and it's like actually like kind of like an interesting subsection of that and how like a jealousy of like her where she doesn't want to give up something that she found happiness in to like a fucking 17 year old who just like hey i'm a young upstart i'm really good at this you know yeah and like not to get too serious, but we're all we're all people that work in like the greater film industry, which is very much like, you know, uh. that you want to go into this when you're young and you never stray from it. And I think like this idea of trying to find yourself as an adult outside of what you have, like always like told your yourself your passion is, is super interesting. And like oh, this yeah. doesn't have to be the only thing about you. It doesn't even right. have to be the main thing about you. Right. Yeah. And having a hobby, too. I, I Something I really loved about the Juliet Lewis dynamic as well as Bliss was just like. I liked that uh, the Juliet Lewis team won at the end of the movie, and it did Same. kind of prove like because I think with this kind of narrative, it is very easy to 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 make it like well, she's washed up and older and jealous of this young person who's coming in who's really talented and like an ingenue, and I, or not an ingenue, but like um, very sure, like an ingenue on the scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and 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 I liked that. It, it, I just like that kind of scene where where she's kind of explaining that she didn't get into 
get, didn't get into Derby till her thirties. I think it was just like it. Yeah. I, I understood why she had all this um, feeling about it, and I also like that that they didn't just make Elliot Page or like Bliss be the amazing one amazing player who gets the big trophy at the end of the movie because that's not really the point of the movie right I like that it is a team movie and it's not about either bliss turning the team around or being like such a star addition that like the team is able to win it's more about like honestly the team as a group working through (laughs) their issues and like how they can work together um I just really liked that and I feel like the Juliette Lewis storyline I can't help but feel like yeah I don't know much about um you know writer slash screenwriter Shauna Cross but that definitely feels like Drew I know right um could be a roller derby name um feels like Drew Barrymore being like it's okay to come to like your passions later in life like you don't have to feel like everything is as it should be when you're 17, 18. Yeah, nothing yeah. is. <laughs> I want to hang out with Drew Barrymore so bad. So bad. Fuck. Every time someone is on her talk show, it's it my favorite like interview a, of all time. Hang. Yeah. yeah. I also really want, I don't know if she and Kelly Clarkson have ever done like a crossover, a crossover. like talk show because episode. <laughs> Like I want to see them interview each other mm, like very badly because the energy unmatched. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I really I really, really love her. She just seems like she is a celebrity who has a ton of power and a ton of influence and yeah. is really like using it for good not just like you know doing important things but like really putting positive vibes out into the world i mean like having been through all she went through like imagine that and then coming out like okay Mm -hmm. and like to be like as positive as she is and so like like, self-assured right it's fucking it's honestly like incredible and i mean i feel like this movie is like such a nice culmination of that for her and i feel like it is that like it is genuinely sort of frustrating that i don't know if like she's wanted to do it or not but it feels like it is such a unique first feature that obviously sort of feels like one because of how small it is and like the specificity etc but like i would be curious to see sort of what she would do going forward with another feature you know what i mean and like what she would tackle like Maybe it ends up being like a Charlie's Angels or whatever, but there is something here that I think she tapped into. And I think it is because of her like queerness and her wholesome energy that makes it so engaging and nice. Yes. Yeah. There's also something so, it made me think of Race and Geeks, which it mm. might just be, and I have an older sister who like showed me Race and Geeks and kind of has like a good, very more sort of energy. And there's something kind of Gen X-y about this movie too. Like it, you can't really tell what era it takes place in. I mean, it takes place vaguely 2009, but it also kind of feels like a 90s movie. It also kind of feels like yeah. it's like in the 80s or 70s. And I think that's kind of an aesthetic and feeling that I feel like a lot of like Gen X filmmakers bring sometimes when they when they do like coming of age movies. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's <laughs> even aesthetically, as we were saying, like all obviously like with rollerblading or whatever coming back. I feel like the colorful socks or whatever will probably be coming back if if not already back i don't know i own they're not knee highs but i do own a pair of very mid-2000s rainbow like Mm -hmm. mid calves that i will wear unironically the low rises are back my blue t-shirt that i did buy in seventh grade and hoping that that will come back (laughs) okay it's back a little mentioned this glee season one and two formative important times of our lives is that like the the madonna episode i'm sorry this is not about whipping oh no no no. this is 2009 this is 2009 yes Yes. around the era 
And the Madonna episode of season one of Glee was like such a sexual awakening episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's an excellent episode. This is so, so fun. This is yeah, shocking. Please because reveal this. We Jonathan face- Groff, which honestly, it again, like more into my Intel uh-huh. my crushes in this era. Jonathan Groff had the hum. I was like, this is a what cutie. I want my boyfriend to look like. And it's just, uh, it really kind of says it all. The fact that <laughs> Jonathan Groff. Oh God, I, I mean, love Jonathan Groff. Don't we all though? Come on. Yeah, Who we do. Thinking? But it's just it's yeah. a little on the nose for me. Also. I love, look, I love looking back. Why not play into the stereotype? I know. I love looking back retroactively and being like, Jesus, like God, <laughs> the closet is glass. Anyway. <laughs> um, yes. So Jordan and windows. I like recently realized that in a complete reversal of anything we have expected, Jordan has been a Glee fan like literally since the beginning, and I have never watched it until this year when I binged the first two seasons. Hell yeah! Um, and I'm I'm gonna keep going, but I can it's feel so it going good. downhill, which is fine. It's I fine. Know, I accept. The thing it. is, this will turn into a Glee podcast if we, if we keep talking about it. So I'm I'm not gonna go deep into it, but like that was shocking because I am exactly the kind of person that should have been obsessed with Glee, Glee when yes. it premiered in 2009. What into at that age is it that it musical just makes me more theater. curious that but, musical theater. okay that's so funny because i hate i not hate but i was never in theater at all in high school or middle school and yet it's so funny that i was like i loved glee which is mm. apparently such a theater kid show yeah. Well, I think that's I was such that's a me. It, yeah. Again, closet is glass. I'm spraying it with Windex. <laughs> is like loved music, loved like musicals, and it was like my one outlet where I could be like, "Ooh, I really like this show. I wonder why? Because hmm. <laughs> I like these things, but I don't get to talk about them in school. That's why I like this show. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, I'm attracted to a lot of people. What's going on here? This is hot. Why is Will Schuster flirting with a high schooler? Yeah, I have questions. Honestly, There's the question so we should all that. have been asked. Glee also unfortunately did though bring this like by panic but I think happened uh, in the yes. late aughts and I remember uh-huh. my parents because I, I watched like Glee with my mom and my sister and I remember just having thing like I can't come out to buy because it's like uh, it's so it's such a thing on that show and I think at, in culture at that time that like every tween is coming out as bi quote unquote and, and um, only they could see us now where we're like every single show is like I the sole Gen Z character am super queer because that is what my generation does now (laughs) it's that i I agree with you on the for all the show that it was good and how good it was for certain emotional coming outs or physical like what i don't know sexual whatever there is so much bad as well like that show is also deeply cursed it's like both things at once it's so cursed both things at once absolutely it's yeah yeah Yeah. ryan murphy will atone at some point TV show. <laughs> Great yes. way to describe it. Yes. Millennials and millennials and alike. It's yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Anyways, whip it. Well, 2009, <laughs> 2009. I really <laughs> think is a great year. Jordan said like best Perfect year music, of music. Yes. I uh, Jennifer's body is a great call in terms of like I do think that like as I guess we ident- we identify as millennials. Like this is I think like the millennial time period because we're like 12 13 14 ish like mm-hmm. around this time it's like pivotal teen culture yeah is yeah. whatever we're watching in like these years we're the most hormonal will be for a while yeah. twilight this feels like the podcast has talked about this on but i definitely felt like i was thinking about this recently how both elliot page it's just so funny that like 
Elliot Page and Michael Sarah were like humongous movie stars, specifically when we were in middle school. And it's just like so interesting that the these like the very formative sort of tween movies I was obsessed with at the time was like obviously Juno, obviously with the Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, which mm-hmm. I did see on my 13th birthday. <laughs> uh, Youth and Revolt, huge movie for me at oh, that age. Where I was like, I love French stuff now because Michael Sarah's in this like oh. movie. Scott Pilgrim, unfortunately, he might not be. Unfortunately, I'll say because I still love that movie. Um, but yeah, it's just. It's like like that era is very like it's, it feels very like micro gen- generational thing yes. that like the the fact that those were the the, the two like leads of the yeah. big stars and we were tweens completely 100%, agree yes yeah and how I think their careers also it's interesting what has happened with them respectively and like curious to see sort of how they go forward because it is we're entering that weird period now where things that we were interested in when we were you know, tweens that then went away, but now we're sort of like those people are now coming back. I think about Brendan Fraser a lot and how he was so big and formative for me. And now coming back and uh, well, we'll see, but we'll see. But, I mean, he does this movie, right? It's right. The, yeah. I, we'll see how it goes. The discourse I'm sure will be so fun, but like we just had but, him in no sudden move. Exactly. Which, like, so it's like, in. it's yeah. interesting seeing how stars come back. And so like with Elliot page on that show that I've the never Umbrella seen Academy. Right. Thank, thank you. you. You're welcome. I'm just curious to see like what, if there will be like a pivot to movies again, or if it's just TV or like where, yeah. certain things because of michael sarah when was the last, like what was so he in fucking he's in, in life he's in life and beth which is the amy schumer right. show on hulu but i think what's most interesting about his role is in that i haven't um watched it but he's playing like a traditional male love interest which i feel ah. like is not something he has done he's not quirky in a while i mean like he's quirky but he's like he's the love interest oh, like rules. you know things like molly's game say, and like isn't he playing Toby Maguire. Yeah, yeah. Right. And his voice roles, it's much more like supporting, like yeah. character actor, but like to what you were speaking to, Nat, like he did, he was like the, he was the all, lead man. Interest. He was yeah. the heartthrob. Yeah. yeah. People From were like, like he's like hot. Three solid years. Yeah. I thought he was, I mean, I, I definitely I don't think he's hot still, but I mean, when I was at the age. In I that time, yeah. In that time, in that hot, hot period between 2007 and 2010, that was the time for him. But, um, it was like him and Jesse Eisberg, like, I went, I, watching Adventure Land. I'm going to draw the line. Yeah, I never you, had a thing want for... to, that's on you. It was a time, <laughs> I'm just saying, we all had our certain interests at a time. But it was kind of like, I mean, Adventureland, I think, is a great example. Adventureland is all of my interests in one because movie. Because Kristen Stewart is also playing kind of like hot, yes. edgy, alt-girl, yes. like manic She's pixie so dream girl in vibes movie. in that movie. And I think that like, um, to what you were saying, Nat, about like the Elliot Page, Michael Sarah combo, like those character types that they sort of like got famous for playing. And now I feel like are sort of coming back in a certain way. Breaking um, out of that too, because they're like in their yeah. 30s now. And I think yeah. it's interesting seeing this like late 80s, like millennials that are now in their 30s, kind of how they're like reinventing themselves from how they were when they right. first broke onto the scene in their like early 20s. And yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, there's so like spotlight and fame is like so, so limiting. Um, and I think like, it's really nice to see people take time away and then come back and feel like they have the space to not only like get that platform back if they want it, but like to do it as a more authentic version of themselves or just in a way that they want to like reinvent themselves. Like Michael Sarah had this whole thing where he was like, I really needed to step away Mm -hmm. and then like come back once I felt essentially like more secure with myself. 
like and it's the fact that it's it was so like introspective it felt like that he was just like this is something i needed to do for me and then i went away and then i came back and yeah like now we're chilling it's also really nice i think last time we talked about elliot page was in the inception episode Uh, and yes like he had done the instagram relaunch Mm -hmm. um but like nothing hadn't had any like on-screen roles post-transition yet and it's i don't know really nice to like i talk about um a movie starring him with like season three of umbrella academy out and all of that stuff it just like i don't know definitely warms my heart yeah it's a new era for him like it just even in terms of acting and i'm really excited to see what um what like what's gonna be his next like film role for example because i mean i don't think he's been in a movie i know i was trying to snoop around and see if there was like anything announced but it looks like he's doing a lot of like docu work mm. right. um oh, yeah, as, he, yeah, like, he did that show yeah. in vice forever i remember that in college yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um and so there's like there's nothing announced aside from um a voice role in the something called arc the animated series which is about a, based on a video game i guess sure but anyway yes i like i really really want to see like more of him on screen yeah and i just there are so many great movies um starring him like from this time period that i think like really stuck with a lot of us juno is a perfect mm. example i was obsessed obsessed the with that hamburger movie. phone man that soundtrack still slaps i mean even the soundtrack, the, the soundtrack this is sound- also i was just saying this soundtrack whips that kids it. that kids by mgmt mm. whip the kids oh my god yeah, that 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 mgmt um drop like accompanied with all of the derby girls like showing up at bliss's pageant to like rescue her literally yeah. had me tearing up i was uh-huh. like this is really gorgeous and beautiful and also this feels like ladybird sort of for like envies and trans masks in texas yes. really identified with that <laughs> it was hitting you cannot do like an mgmt drop and not expect me to get emotional Mm-hmm. it's fucking amazing yeah, and it, that's just like one like there's no surprises by radiohead is on here there's a song by canadian artist peaches called boys want to be her oh i love that song yeah it, excellent so into that too that like jen's lickman i can't think of the band name oh like, your arms around me oh, yeah great great job yeah. obviously whip it by devo huge <laughs> just the titular it's song. all over they actually it's all over this movie right they love it so much they say it when they do say when they do like the the titular whip, whip, it, whip i was so it. hyped and yes. then they whip with the leg as yes. well yes. cool as fuck i just want to say if you're not familiar with what whip it means in the context of whip roller derby good? because i was not it means when you work together as a mm, team allies to essentially sling shot one of your um players to like the front so they can get more speed and they do i i want to say that's basically the most i know of the rules though even though they say it they do do a great job explaining the rules in my opinion i also just think it's hilarious (laughs) no i know they do that bliss is like um excuse me what are the rules and then it just hard cuts to andrew wilson being like okay here's the situation um i have to i have to imagine that zoe bell was involved in the leg whip as like an iconic stunt woman because that mm. shit looks very hard. And I'm surprised there was, I guess there are probably some stunt, more stunt performers than I expected. Uh, there you can see on out. some shots where like there's a wide and it's clearly someone else. Like yeah. I, You could see it with uh, Juliette Lewis for sure in one of them where I was like, that's not Juliette Lewis's face, but it's fine. It doesn't matter. We're buying into it, baby. Yeah. See, I didn't even catch that. I, when, when I was watching it, I was like, this is seamless. Like it looks like they're all doing <laughs> things. I mean, I think just, it feels like I they probably are for some. Like Elliot Page, every time it looks like it's actually like 
Elliot Page. No, yeah. Anytime yeah. that like he was hopping over like Eve, I was like, yeah, I, what? Like, how can you sign any actor to like be okay with possibly getting pulverized Stepped in the, on? the right in the yeah. face, in like, the fa- like in the money like, maker. Yeah, anytime <laughs> hopping over another body, I'm like, that feels like. So there's a lot of people on set on that day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I love that it's kind of like to, I don't know, the idea of how complicated the sport is and that it sort of has like a football element to it where you have different plays that you have to run and the plays like are meant to confuse the other team basically or like set them up for failure. Like I love that that's like such a complex aspect of it, but it is like very much a team sport because Mm. I don't know, I guess it kind of is similar to football. You need to protect the quarterback. Yeah. You need to protect the, I don't remember what they're called. The people that go fast. Um, the people that go fast with the stars on their helmets oh, in, oh, in this. roller derby. Oh yeah, there's a name for them, and I've already forgotten. Yeah, the sorry. Stars. I'll be honest. I apologize. Four parts of this movie kind of go over my head sometimes, but I I appreciate the energy of all those scenes. So. I think like, I'm here. Very... I'm with you. I'm supporting you. Yes, go. Yes. Blade fast queen. Yes. Yeah. It does feel like this movie was jerked around a little bit in editing, but I mm. I do really like those scenes. I think that they're very well directed yeah. and well constructed. You know the Kudos, Drew Barrymore. For a debut to be that. Yeah, like a, yeah. a directorial debut yeah. to have that kind of act, those action plays that was really ambitious yeah it's well well directed it's hard to do a sports movie right off the bat um like obviously drew barrymore is coming from things like charlie's angels where she understands like the stunts but like i for i love so much that zoe bell is like a main character in this movie every time she pops up in something i'm like yes queen let's go love to see you do you think that drew gave godfather steven spielberg a call and was just like hey so like i'm gonna do this feature can you give me some tips on blocking or like action shooting that was a very like humble brag drop of you I know, <laughs> to I didn't remind even know. us all oh look i went deep on drew barrymore about like five weeks ago and like i have just fallen down the rabbit hole of loving so <laughs> i know everything what is her sign can i ask does anyone know Ooh, Ooh, okay let's, i'm gonna find let's out guess i want to say guess? like pisces honestly okay. wow Jordan's see i was gonna pisces. guess like sagittarius was in the kind of fiery she has kind a, of fiery. sagittarius a perfect sign no notes on sagittarius <laughs> yeah, no, notes. no absolutely no notes. As oh my god sign. this is hilarious if is she, she if this is correct i'm gonna die i think she's a cusp um, she's oh she's a Pisces. She, she is. Wait, you, a you guessed Pisces. it correctly. Oh my god! As someone who had only dated Pisces for a long time, I recognize. I wasn't gonna expose you, but I was like, Jordan is an myself. expert on Pisces. I am never dating a Pisces again. Oh yeah, no. I had one of my first people I dated was a Pisces. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say never again because I think that's kind of rude. rude no, that is rude. That. But, but I'll say it. Yeah. Okay, Yellow Page, I think is a. He's a 21st of February, and I can't tell if that's Aquarius. Oh, or oh right my God. That's also a cusp. That's so funny because Drew Barrymore's birthday is February 22nd. They that's are literally so yeah. cute. That's oh crazy. Oh, my God. Ellie Page, I'm going to gonna go and say they give me, he gives me like Aquarius energy um, yes. as someone with an Aquarius moon. So I maybe, again, that's also Aquarius so moon. See? Wow. Okay, let's see. It looks like February 21st is the last day of Aquarius. So It was the age of Aquarius. What can we say? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I do want to shout out two parts of a montage. So there's that montage on the bus or whatever. When Elliot Page is holding the grandma's ball of yarn, I think that is the cutest thing is in this, the fucking world. Is this the grandma with blue hair? When uh, No. No, that's the one a different bus, bus scene. That's a different, different I think time, a different but that bus is scene. also cute. That is adorable. That one, and then there's also a shot where Elliot Page has cuffed shirt, and I 
love to see that cuffing <laughs> representation. It's very queer. There's no one who doesn't cuff and it's not a little gay. Yeah. I mean, every outfit like... he wears in this movie it just is very gay. And, yes. I, and I think like, yeah, I mean, I, I literally wanted to wear every outfit I feel like he wears in this movie at that yeah. exact age. So it all checks out. <laughs> yes. As I feel like as, as usual, I feel like, um, definitely like the the minute that like Elliot Page gets out of the pageant outfit and into like the clothes that they wear the rest of the movie I was like this feels so much better like I totally get this um and he's such a good actor too like so of course obviously but like so good at selling like different levels of comfortability Mm. um and I don't know just like I I guess we we touched on the beauty pageant aspect of like the the storyline but again I think that it's it's very smart that the movie makes it more about Marsha Gay Harden's yeah. characters like basically disappointment at mm. not being able to find hobbies as an adult and sort of like hanging on to this yeah. sort of forgotten dream instead of like you must be a woman in the right. traditional way and that like there really is like a lot of love between those two characters and not like just animosity um i also sorry i'm just like shouting out a bunch of shit um i also always like in movies about like teenager rebels against their parents when the thing that the parents get mad at the teenager for is like actually legitimate mm. for example staying out for hours with no phone call while your best friend is getting arrested I would be yeah. flipped the fuck out if that was my kid. Yeah. I mean, I was such a dork at this age of like, I would be literally dropped off at South by Southwest to just like wander free concerts alone, no adult supervision. And I absolutely never had a drip of alcohol. Like I was yeah. just working, wandering Austin alone, just getting, getting up to absolutely n- nothing wrong at all. So yeah, when I saw, when I saw these parts, it was like, wow, I could not imagine what my parents would do if I were to come home at like the next morning when oh I was a God. teenager. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I haven't called my okay. parents for like an hour before. Oh my God. Like I got to get home. What am I doing? Yep. No, yep. I feel the exact same way. Bunch I was like, also cool kids here. deeply, deeply uncool. My parents knew that they could basically send me anywhere and I would be a responsible, good kid. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. People. But I love that it's not about like, I'm not giving up my dream. I'm giving up your dream yeah, situation. Agreed. Like the the exchange that they have where Marsha Gay Harden's like, mm-hmm. if you said that you w- weren't doing the pageant for me, were you lying? Yeah. Like that is just. Marsha Gay Harden is so fucking good it's in this phenomenal movie. phenomenal in this. Yeah, in that letter reading especially. And I, I will say too, I feel like I related to that. There's something, I don't know if this is just like Texas or just like that kind of mom, which I think that this is what differentiates it in a great mm. way for me from Lady Bird, for example. But just this, the dynamic to me, and I can, I'll speak for myself, but like my mom is a very, fe- she's a feminine, like wo- woman with a capital, you know. W. Yeah, exactly. And she, and she was like a cheerleader in high school and was like always very femme and, um, or not femme, but like just a femme, a femme, a feminine straight lady. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and I feel like I, I definitely feel like I had a lot of pressure on me to live up to that standard of beauty, et cetera. Um, womanhood when I was growing up and I think all those scenes especially I really felt like they did that well in a way where I understood where the Marsha Gellhart mom character was coming from yeah. but I also it just I just like I don't I don't always see that dynamic of like kind of alt teen quote-unquote girl with like a very like feminine mom mm. energy that's like treated with a lot of respect and like nu- nuance on both sides and I just 
I really love their dynamic in this because I, I still don't think it's a teen dynamic I see play out very often in movies. I feel like it's more like it's usually more like a ladybird where it's like yeah. mom who's really hard on the daughter. I I completely agree. There's a I don't know if you've seen the film Dumplin from a couple years ago, the Jennifer Aniston Danielle McDonald joint. I might have been the only person that watched you this movie. You are the only person in the world. Like this is what they exist. Yeah, it, it's on Netflix. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and um, I think it's like a really good movie, but it has a very similar dynamic where Jennifer Aniston plays like a washed up pageant queen. Basically, I want to say it also it also takes place in Texas. Surprise, oh surprise. Texas is that way. Mm. Also, Stick It takes place in Texas. Yeah. Roughly. Does. I guess I need you have to watch this now. Yeah, it's, actually, it's great. Now I'm like nervous if you don't like it. No, it's excellent. You're going to love it. I'm confident that if you like Whip It, you will like Stick It. Maybe not as much, but like it's, it's, a, it's a very good movie. I also love a coming of age movie. It's super gay. I don't know if oh, we, if yeah, we made that clear. It's queer. But it has, it's like my favorite coming of age type where you're like, older so it's like when you're kind of graduated ish and you're well, oh, even like, that, like they're like playing like, yeah. i think they're playing high school but it's like yeah they're, they're, they're very tracking onto it older just because of they all look like they're fucking 30 so <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no as is a 2000s uh, teen movie yeah. exactly exactly and it's a great film about like fighting like the system and like yeah. not conforming to like literal standards that like people have put in place that are impossible for you right. to like manage as like a young person as a teenager yeah. um and also stars missy peregrine and there and was a, a a very pivotal ice bath scene that i think if you ask like anyone who realized that they were not straight and watched that movie as a teen, they were like, yeah, that was that was the moment. So. I think this is actually a beautiful web that you have just wove. I'm going to call you Charlotte. Um, Thanks. But <laughs> uh, I think thinking about like gymnastics and that way you had said about like growing up with a mom who was like more of a W woman uh, and like the pressures Super of like, feminine, femininity. Yeah. I think about that a lot with like masculinity, obviously like for me growing up trying to be fit like a mask role or whatever, but then also like thinking about like this in sports that are like cert- like coded with more like queer things. And I think about that with like gymnastics a lot too, because I talk to my sister about this all the time. She grew up doing gymnastics and I was like constantly growing up in that scene and obviously like there's like the queer reading for women, but so many of the men have this like a gay label thrown onto them which is so fascinating and it's like breaking out or like within the context of that like how do you deal with the pressures of like masculinity when the sport is so physical but then people are throwing on like a feminine like insults to you because it's like a more like feminine sport sport. right and it's just like this contrast and it's just like it's such a Again, it's a web of like all of these things. And I think it is just such a fascinating thing for movies to analyze of like, because it's not your, your football or your basketball that we've seen countless times where it is such a hyper-specific sport that have these different queer and sexuality like readings thrust upon them yeah absolutely i think that like it's the same for you know men who do ballet and like stuff like that where again it's like you know there are so many contrasting and like contradicting ideas of gender that like exist on top of each other that like you know not even when you stop to think about it in general like it's like such it's so fucking stupid like you just said like these are very very physical quote-unquote traditionally masculine sports but like because of the framework of women succeeding more than men in them right they're coded as gay yes it's like crazy bananas but then it's also like if it's a super straight sport like baseball and like you're a queer person in like a super straight sport then like oh why are you doing this thing or whatever and you're right like, what do you what what are you getting why out does of this? it matter like what are we doing he, uh, i don't know Ridiculous. i'm just getting overwhelmed and worked up 
Anyways, I just thought it was like an interesting through line with this because this movie, as we were saying, rolling, rolling, Jesus, roller derby is like yeah. a is more coded, queer sport. Yeah. It's coded to be very queer because it's like right. alternative for women. Right. Like, yeah. And interestingly, though, too, just thinking about when I watched this movie and I definitely didn't pick up on any of the queerness when I first watched this when I was 14. I think also just like, I don't know, sometimes I think women or like AFAB identified people watch this kind of, I don't know I feel like when I was not like a quote, a quote unquote teen girl watching this I was like oh right I can just like wear my eyeliner on my eye on my waterline and like put on some boots and it just means that I'm alternative and I think that's something that it's right I'm just thinking that as like a as a point to go along to with that yeah. I think sometimes with non-dudes it's a little it could be way more it's it sometimes for better and for worse is very nuanced in that way where it's like a, like even a very queer sport can sometimes still you know in the bend, bend it like that can way can still be like well you you also can just be a sporty girl or whatever yeah. yes. and no one everyone is totally everyone in society is totally okay with that more than say like a guy who's in ballet yeah, exactly. exactly. And you, even with the occasional, I feel like super like lesbian coded sports like softball. What I remember all of my friends that played softball in high school, like had to deal with so much like, oh, yeah, the team full of lesbians like mm-hmm. comments it, it completely, you know. Oh, no you're right. Oh, yeah, it's it's definitely both. No, time, but like yeah. it, no one's saying that to the lacrosse girls. It's like weird. But I, I completely agree with you in that like there are more acceptable ways to be a quote unquote female jock than there are to be like a male jock who does not participate in traditionally masculine sports. It is, again, it's just like, it's the more you think about it, the more you realize how contradictory it is. And like, I can completely understand how it, you know, forces, I think like people into this very binary idea of like, I can be an individual and still like correspond to this gender that like people want from me be- because I can figure out like what the gray area is and how I can like work are you saying it. like yeah. that there are certain boundaries or things that people put up that are kind of fucked up and just pointless and dumb? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It's all pointless and dumb. And that's yeah. what the that watching this as a trans or like as, as a non-binary adult is just like, oh, oh right. I, it doesn't, oh, like, oh, I don't know. It's all, it doesn't, what's gender? What's even gender? What Liter- is gender? Lit- literally. Yeah. Yes. I think that this is a very, a very um, affirming movie though, because it doesn't involve um like the character of bliss needing to conform to anything that like they don't already want to do like it's a very it's not a movie about compromise or about basically trying to make other people understand like what you do it's about how the joy of doing something like roller derby infects in a good way the people around you um and that like i think like a part of you know bliss's addition to the team is like that they work better together because Mm. of like the added passion for the sport and same for like the family dynamic in this in this movie it's about like letting your passions and like your authenticity show and like letting people come to you because of that not trying to like i don't know make it work in this weird like halfway um situation oh yeah. when i just had a thought about the pageants that i yes to say, but just just in terms of how those scenes where bliss is like in a gown and like staring at herself in a mirror being very just looking really like sad and upset i feel like or really like uncomfortable i feel like i really re- re- related to those moments and there's mm-hmm. a great parallel where like after the character of bliss has like 
put on her like new skates and like a new kind of like style and mm -hmm. she looks into the mirror very like happier or just confident like, yeah. yeah confident and i just thought those are really great uh mirroring shots in, in this movie where i'm like oh right yeah. like as as the character's coming more into herself um she seems happier more confident yeah. which i mean who what who could have guessed that yeah i think that's like i always that's super super interesting i think in the context of like elliot page playing this mm -hmm. character Again, too like because yeah absolutely and i think that like before he publicly transitioned i like remember there were plenty of stories some nicer than others about like contractual stipulations he had about like clothing and like level of Make basically like costume mm -hmm. yeah yeah and everything like that and how this is like obviously like earlier in his career when he didn't have like as much control over that I don't know to see like the the difference in comfort and of course like now it feels like obviously night and day with like watching the Umbrella Academy for example yeah like there there are so many readings of this film that I think you know feel extra authentic for a variety of reasons but also I, I don't know it, to me this movie comes across with like the best of intentions yeah oh totally I mean I don't think that Drew had like a bad bone in, in her body we, we love Drew Barrymore. What can He's we say? Drew, Drew, Drew yeah. come on the pod. We you do. are welcome. In Hang fact, out, I mean, not please. to set someone up, but I mean, you're a Pisces. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. No, no, the line is drawn. No more ever. It's honestly so bad that the last time I was considering introducing someone to Jordan, I had to double check and I was like, they are a Pisces. Just warning you in advance. Humiliating. It's funny. I never, because you're a fire sign, right? I'm sorry. I'm I am a Sagittarius. Oh no, yes. this yeah, is important. I, this is it's just interesting because you know, I never think about a fire sign and a water sign necessarily being super compatible, but that that's just intriguing. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm an air sign. I feel like I I'm usually a lot of people actually have dated. Not that anyone in this podcast would, would asked. It's usually no, air and fire. We love this. That's just again, we're, we're, this is a, a digression from being a Pisces. Well, hey, I, let's honestly let's look at it because. Have I have any of these water relationships <laughs> lasted long? Uh... No. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm a fire sign, and I am very happily oh, dating you're a Leo, someone. Oh, really? Oh, I'm a Leo. I don't know if I'm. Haven't made you that tell from the everything why, about me. Yeah. This is why the energy of this podcast is what it is. Two fire signs bringing bringing the fire. <laughs> yeah. Fire. Oh, my and God. I'm, I'm very happily dating an air sign. So. See? I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. very funny. I have to say, I'm sorry to anybody who's listening who doesn't care at all about astrology. Oh, whatever. And we are three people who did live and have lived in Los Angeles. So. Yeah. <laughs> you have to, no matter what. Yeah. Even this if is... you weren't into it before, you're gonna get into it now. Well, yeah. Someone like... will gun to your head. You have to learn your big three. You yeah. you gotta. At, at, especially where we went to college too. It was like if you fucking don't know what your signs are. Yeah. Oh my god. I was at oh I was at a professional like team work dinner the other night and people were like, Okay, young people at the table, someone has to help me with like my rising and my moon sign. What do they mean? And I was like, Oh do I have you Okay. <laughs> Whip that coaster. Me and my family. I, I'm I'm the youngest of my siblings and I'm always like to my older siblings just trying to like analyze everyone's everyone's there it's was, fun. Like, three Halloween or not three. Maybe it was like four Christmases ago, I went home and we just went through the whole family and just did everyone's chart. It was incredible. Like finding out what your dad was and you were like, oh, this all makes sense. I understand everything now. You know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Anyways. I understand why. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was going to say something really, really about my parents, and I will not do that. <laughs> Crisis averted. Um, Gosh. Yeah. I mean, this is. I mean, this is a great movie to kind of get into, like. The childhood and parental issues Trauma. though i love i love that you compared it to ladybird a lot of yeah. critics when the movie came out compared it to billy elliot as well mm. and like it's all part of these i think like just there's just a little something extra that makes the coming of yeah. age stories feel very authentic and moving um and it's very nice to see because i don't know i think like when ladybird came out i find my i found myself watching that movie and thinking wow it would have been really nice if i had watched this movie when i was like 14 mm. um instead yeah. of I don't know, 20, however old I was when it came out. Me with Manchester by the Sea. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and then a couple, but then again, I feel like the, the much more populist, like poppy version of that with Booksmart, I was like, yes. oh my God, I totally would have loved this when I was in high school. But I think to, to speak to kind of like the more emotional vibe of it, the Billy Elliot's, yeah. the, the Lady Birds, like there's something about letting teenagers be kind of sad, but the movie be very uplifting at Billy Elliot's the like same a time. Kid too. Yeah, he's a little he's like baby. Nine. Yeah, or twelve. It's Tom whatever. Holland, right? Tom Holland is Billy no, no, on Broadway. Jamie Bell. Our oh, boy, Broadway. Jamie Bell. Wow, yeah. Jamie Bell is Sorry, so small know. and so good in that movie so in a good. film where I had to put on subtitles. But yeah, I would. Uh, I would have totally loved to see Jamie Bell get nominated for an Oscar for that thing. I would. Jamie oh well. Bell, you mean nominated for anything? I mean, correct. We can't start talking about Jamie Bell. Talk about <laughs> I an will hours. Force it in. <laughs> talk about an hours worth of content. But yeah. Any other big things from this film? Any other moments? Any Julia Lewis things? All of my notes for her are just like, oh, terrifying. Oh my God, she's gonna Hi. kill someone. Well, I guess just a few thoughts. One, I feel like as a Texas movie, uh, I'm always interested to see what the movie, movies of the Texas canon are. This is obviously in them. But um, there is one Latino character who is mm. Birdman, their like, friend at the point, yeah. point or whatever it's called. And um, I just love that as a representation point because I do I always I'm always complaining every time I see anything that takes place in Texas that doesn't have like a, a Latinx character in it where I'm like we're a humongous part of the population in Texas and it's always shocking when you see something that takes place here where that's just like totally erased I haven't yeah. seen Vengeance yet but I'm very curious to see <laughs> what that is I'm gonna I won't say anything about the movie but I'm gonna go ahead and say that um you know we all have to sort of reject the reject the modern entity that is vengeance and kind of embrace the tradition that is true stories because in terms of texas movies um but anyway i just that was just like a thought i i i had written down just because i don't think just even though it's truly one character and he is so he's like a small character in the entire movie i just thought it was a nice like casting touch that made made it feel authentic to me Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't believe you brought up true stories this late in the pod. This is unfair. We're going to talk about Wild Wild Life. Gonna talk- it has the best line of all time in any movie ever, where it's John Goodman talking about how he likes sad music and makes him want to cry. Like, there I, re- is- I rewatched that recently, and I was like, oh. damn, why am I relating to John Goodman right now? In this, movie? But I- <laughs> this 40-year-old man, why do I feel him? Yes. There's also like a Tejano bar scene in that movie, which I've never seen a movie that has that part of Texas ever. Mm. Like outside of like the Selena movie that is literally about like Tejano music, so I just thought that was a great touch in true stories. That's not in Whippet, but anyway, good movie. Perfect movie. From- no, yeah, what are exactly. do you have like a big five Texas movies? <sighs> That's so hard. I'm like I, 
I thought I was thinking about making like a Texas film canalist. Ru- Rushmore is probably up, like probably my number one just because I watched it when I, around the same age that I watched Whip It, and um, that was a huge one for me. A lot of Wes Anderson ones probably take place in Texas. A lot yeah. of Link Laters. I feel like <laughs> you got. Well, I think look, honestly, I think this movie's probably on it too. Yeah, I think you got to build and release the list when the app comes out. We'll Letterboxd. tweet it. It'll be a big thing. Let's do it. It's get the official Letterboxd retweet. Here we go. <laughs> we'll do our best to just right. get the official letterbox retweet. But I think that that would be For one person who's in Texas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that would be a great list. Yeah, um, it's important. It's like yeah. I feel like I I have you know my Massachusetts list. If there's a film that's in Mass and it oh. either does feel good or does not feel good, you got to put that letterbox list together. Oh, I mean, yeah, you should. I'm serious. I Hot would summer nights the eliminated dead immediately. I could destroy it. I would offer to do a list of movies that take place in New Hampshire. There's but two. They're there's literally on Golden Pond, and a I bad think movie. technically The Shining is supposed to take place in New Hampshire. It's probably Maine. Who are we kidding? Well, Canada. If I were <laughs> <laughs> somewhere <laughs> cold and a snowy, a perennial film. We're like, like mm, Maine. Like, what is, do you remember that that a movie about the the shining where if like we're all we're all in that movie right now we're all like hypothesizing yes yeah, so yeah. it's like room 237 we're like this is what the shining means yeah i think it actually might be like oregon no it's definitely <laughs> new england we're adding another state stop all right no 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 i was gonna say our our homework should be to uh to put that together where does the shining take place here we're gonna find out Shh, fuck i can't type <laughs> with one hand here we go the Shining takes place. Oh, Colorado. Colorado. Okay, I was close Colorado? enough. Colorado. Colorado. Wait, can you go to the film? That says Colorado. Yes. Okay, we're gonna find this out. All right. In the film, he goes the to the Rocky, Rocky Mountains. Yeah. A V V. I told you. Look, Oregon, Colorado. They're neighbors. Oh my god! This just. Are you broken? Are you okay? I am. That was like the Wait, only thing I had. Colorado are next to each other. Are you? No, no, no they're, they're close not. enough. They're close enough. Okay. They are <laughs> technically like, in the the no. westward no, half they're... of the. All right. Listen. Very very east coast of you of you both of you like the west kind of all one. Thing. <laughs> it's just one big state. <laughs> it's okay. Out in L.A., I literally have people ask me frequently if New Hampshire is like like where is it? They're like where is that? And I'll be like it's New England, really? and they're like but like so. What do you mean by that? You mean like, it's like northwest to New England? Mm-hmm. I also had someone on a meeting the other day when I was like, oh, I'm from New Hampshire originally. They were like, oh, my parents summer in New Hampshire. And I was like, thanks so much for, for letting me know that. That's, well, that's me growing up. Every person was like, oh my God, I love okay, the Cape. And I'm like, God. you don't understand the winters that I go through alone. You don't fucking get it. Okay. I'm getting us out of talking about Anyways, the places wow. we grew up. This is important. Um... I wholly support the list of, yes, of Texas. best Texas movies. There we movies. go. That's, that was the point. And best Massachusetts movies. So anyway, God, that's our homework. Uh, how did this movie do financially when it came out, Brooke? I have bad news for all of us. This movie wah, was wah. a flop. I think this it, might be kind of tied to why this is my Drew Barrymore's only movie. Yeah. Because it, it Look, was, she now has fact, the Drew Barrymore show, Cash. I know. That's true. She could still finance. She could be a George Lucas and make her own. Francis Ford Coppola makes her Megaopolis, but it's just in this world. Yeah. We get to see like 
nationals, roller derby <laughs> nationals. Um, yeah, it was a flop. It cost uh, 15 million to make, and it only grossed 13 million domestic wow. and 18 million worldwide, which is really not. I mean, good. it's not a lot. Budget wise, they put it in. I know, but like it didn't even make back its budget. Really, they they dropped this in October of two thousand nine. Oh, it opened again. The day before my birthday. Oh, I I must have seen this around my birthday. Let's go. (laughs) Another Um, Elliot Page slash. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, I was going to say it opened against Zombieland, uh, um, which absolutely decimated it. it Speaking of, like, meal. the 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 vice script that Jesse Eisenberg had. Yeah. See, just to, like, the add to the kind of teenager I was, I thought it was too cool to see Zombieland. I was like, the other kids are going to be seeing Zombieland? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see ca- Capitalism, a love story with my mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go away. You have to go back. This is a this is an insane top five. Yeah, this so the top five I we have. Like this top five. Zombieland at number one, Claudia with a chance of meatballs. A good movie. Mm, you know, Toy Story 3D double feature. This is such a Jordan weekend. That's when God. it came out. Okay. A perfect, yeah. when a perfect movie. The perfect 3D movie. double feature. I'm sobbing in theaters. Uh, Surrogates, which sounds like an extremely Never 2009 seen. film. And uh, number five, The Invention oh, of Lying at Capitalism, a love story opening at number eight. There it is. I was there. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> the informants on there you and your also mom good movie. And Michael Moore were all hanging out. Gorgeous bastards. Jennifer's body's around. kicking around. Jennifer's body's still hanging around at uh, number 15. <laughs> God, so many. Go- the bottom, though. Julia mm, and Julia. Bright Star, Julia and Julia. Oh, okay. Mm, chef kiss. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Fame hanging out in here. Anyway. Does it want to live forever? Um, It does. You you know what did live forever this movie's legacy because so many people on the modern internet are super into it including yes. the letterbox community so jordan do you want to guess the average of this film on letterbox i'm gonna go with like i think it's gonna have like a healthy smatterings in like the three zone so i'm gonna be like a little nice i'm gonna go with like three six okay i think okay it's yeah nat would you oh did you already look <laughs> i already looked it up yeah. okay Take congratulations a, wait, got it on the dot you have a, the it's dot. a three six that makes me so happy it's been a minute Thank fucking god i'm so it's very so very proud of you i saw I, nat's face light up and i was like because oh. i was like it has i like knew it's got to be in the threes but it was just be either like a three four or a three six yeah so it's a three six most people give this four stars correctly good um i mean you can always give it higher i also would like to point out that the number one related news item to this film on letterboxd is um the 10 lgbt films that helped them see a better world queer Aww. awakening list cute um is adorable basically every single review is like this yeah. movie is really gay <laughs> yes i do want to say though i think that this might be implicated in the larger alita battle angel failing sort of universe and that like it's really hard for any movies with roller ring to do well oh that's like, definitely the like issue i don't think here. that there's a roller movie that's actually financially been successful birds of prey flopped a little bit which has Ro- a roller that's what i'm saying scene. like if you have rollerblading your movie's gonna flop yeah alita battle angel is really on a this whole makes you want to really rack my brain now for a roller adjacent what about what was that one blades of glory no that's ice skating, that's, uh, Brooke. <laughs> ice skating. Brooke. no the one, roller it was like roller boy or roll or something it was like, roll here i'm looking up roller ball is it about rollerblading? It's about in a no. corporate controlled future, an ultra violent sport known as rollerball represents the world. I this is basically like I'm thinking of roll bounce guys. Roll <laughs> bounce. Sorry, what is never that? seen it. Never with bow wow. Oh bow wow. Hey. Hey. Roll bounce if you ever watch. <laughs> okay. Are you done? I'm done. I'm done. Okay. So rollerblades flotation. <laughs> Sorry. 
Um, that's more rollerblade movies. Let's go. Let's bring it back. It's so hot right now. It's what the teens are into. Let's get Literally, it back. Okay. There's a yeah. whole, here's your roller like skate films. It's Xanadu. Oh, of course. Kansas City Bomber, Alita Battle Angel, The Wraith. Celine and Julie go boating and dig. So look, and rollerblading, a classic hit. How it's could doing I forget so well. Xanadu? Iconic. Xana. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for tangenting. <laughs> All right. So that's that. Um, How I think, queer is this movie, Brooke? Where's the landing on the queer quadrant for you? I think we deserve a whip it too. Um, I. Whip it good. Hmm. I'm gonna give this movie four and a half stars on the Whoa. queer quadrant. Out of. I, out of- out of five stars it is the classic letterbox scale i'm gonna give it four and a half i i could probably be convinced otherwise but i think like stick to your guns yeah again should this movie have been a little gayer textually yes but i think that like the reads that we've talked about and sort of like how this film has aged and like how strong the themes are and how they can be represented are really like pushing it up the the star rating for me as well as like we said kind of like the holy trinity of drew barrymore elliot mm-hmm. page and Aaliyah Shawkat. it's it's really good it, it totally blew me away it was so much fun um i absolutely had a blast and yeah like i said i think it's a very queer very affirming movie which is rare that you get that without it feeling like super cloying yeah. um and it's just a really like genuine and authentic movie so four and a half out of five stars for me jordan what are you feeling shit <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking okay well I hear you I see you um I was gonna go with a four I feel like I I'm, think a four is I think fine a, uh, I'm between a four and a four and a half I feel like because you had a really good pitch I think like I think honestly like it is that Drew Barrymore thing like we've said this before and we'll say it again when you have a queer director directing something there is an inherent queerness like thrown into the movie all intents and purposes it's like impossible to avoid because all art reflects the artist no matter what you want to say for the most part unless it's like a corporatized uh, product but but then it's reflecting the artist uh, who is the corporate who is the corporate shell yeah <laughs> so drew making this movie like inherently reflecting her like wholesome by energy like it is like pervasive throughout everything that everything we've said about elliot i'm like overwhelmed because i'm trying to decide where i want to be stress man i'm stressed okay i'm gonna go with a four okay but I see you, and I might be convinced to go to a four and a half. I think a four is perfectly valid. Okay. <laughs> now, yeah, none of us agree that you have to give it a five. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I think I've been thinking about this in terms of the, like, four quadrants of it all, because mm. I think in terms of all film, it probably would be a little bit lower than, say, a three and a half or a four, which I'm leaning, I don't know. Well, I was curious, because I'm thinking of Jennifer's Body, a very, very like sapphic five five, five. Game movie was that a five for you we guys? gave that a five we basically talk about it in terms of like four quadrant movies like where does it obviously if you want to put this up against portrait of a lady on no of course whatever. that's why i'm saying yeah, yeah. we usually like, that's good to know for yeah. jennifer's body because that's like a four quadrant movie but yes. i i so in that case i will give this a four because i yeah i think there i think there's a lot in here textually and there is at least like one sort of explicitly queer little scene and i think with all that plus all the subtext i think would give it a solid four for me beautiful i love it i uh yeah this film 
I don't know. I guess it is a hidden gem because it was not very popular when it came <laughs> it out. Flopped. But like this has been on our list for so long and yeah. I am so happy that you brought it to us and it really like warmed my heart <laughs> and I enjoyed it. And I feel like it was just like such an excellent entry to this kind of like genre of film, the canon. Um, and yeah, I yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah, delightful. thank you guys for having me on. And I, I think it was so nice to revisit this movie because again, I hadn't seen it since it came out. And I mean, as I'm kind of wrapping up my time back in Texas, it's nice to revisit this very Texas coming mm. of age um, queer movie. Oh, well, thank you so now much you for being here. Now you gotta drop the fucking here. list. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, like, such an honor and a pleasure a to delight. have you. Um, obviously, people should keep up with you and what you're up to. So what are you up to and where can folks find you? Where am I, you know, hanging out, writing stuff? I'm um, on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and maybe on Letterboxd if you so choose to see the kind of things I'm watching every day. Uh, the list. Natalie, I don't judge, should I say my handle? Yeah, yeah. oh my God, drop it. Um, Natalie Snores, like my last name, Torres, with an S, and um, is my handle on both <laughs> those platforms. So, A plus. Give me a shout out. Excellent. And whenever season two of Our Flag Means Death premieres, I will be on the couch with the biggest bucket of popcorn I can muster. Just know that if you keep listening to the podcast, eventually you will come across an episode where I just kind of like scream about the show for 20 or 25 minutes. Oh my God. Wait, that makes me so happy. Uh. (laughs) It like truly like a little bit life changing. Anyway, we can talk about it later, but we are also on social media. Not as exciting, but I'm on Twitter at Brooke B. Solomon. And we're together at Queer Quadrant, and you can find the podcast. Oh, wait, I'm so sorry. We're on Letterboxd, also at Brooke B. Solomon. And you can find the podcast on Spotify and on Apple and wherever else you care to get your podcast. Drop us a rate, five rollerblades only. Drop us a review. Drop us a subscribe if you feel like it. And you can tweet at us. Tell us about your favorite Texas movies, your favorite movies of this cool little genre and what you might like to see us cover in the future and brooke what do we have coming next week oh my gosh we're going to the bayou oh we're we're going going down to the bayou you say we're Mm. going sweaty there's some crime going on in the bayou brooke sexy we're talking wild things next week and let me tell you it is a wild movie do they make your heart sing i don't want to say anymore but uh just tune in next week for that it's a it's a pretty it's a time time. yep and brooke do you have anything you'd like to leave our derby heads with juliet lewis you can hip check me anytime a plus juliet lewis please shove me in a locker correct